Good morning, Christchurch. It is so good to join you today. And uh, thank you for tuning in on our online service. Today we carry on thinking about Nehemiah and we're up to chapter four in the story. And in the first three chapters, we saw how Nehemiah was called to rebuild the walls of the city, how the, the king of the day enabled him to do that. Uh, we saw how he scouted out the lands and created a vision uh, of rebuilding the walls for all those who were there in Jerusalem. And last week, John Sexton spoke to us so well about how everyone got involved in this incredible project, a project that was necessary, vital for the future of Jerusalem. And today we see how the story takes a little bit of a twist. You see, nothing that has ever been achieved in this world has, has done so without some kind of opposition. If you look at every incredible invention, every massive project, somewhere there is opposition, somewhere there is, is discouragement. And in our story today, that's what we saw. We saw both opposition and discouragement for the people of Jerusalem. And we see how Nehemiah tackles this. What is the opposition? Well, we see it in the first uh, few verses. Uh, we see Sambalas and Tobias, both critics of this incredible project. And critics do tend to band to together, don't they? You know, if you are a negative kind of person, and you know, we're all either positives or negatives, uh, you probably like to be with other negative people. Positive people don't always inspire you. And both Sam Ballas and Tobias, so in this story, are both critics. They're both uh, offering kind of negative support, negative energy into this whole project. And they, we've seen this uh, first few verses. Uh, Sam Ballas says, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer their sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Here he is saying, will they actually create secure city? Will they actually start to rebuild their faith and their religious practices? Are they able to complete this project? He throws in these words of discouragement. And then Tobiah, he says this, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break it down the wall of stones. See, every project when it starts out is in some way fragile. And in terms of rebuilding, there's always a sense of fragility, whether that is rebuilding the life of, of church after lockdown and trying to bring things back together, whether it is rebuilding Southport after lockdown and creating a new future. There's always a sense of fragility about it. It could always go one way or the other. And then it all takes a little bit of a nasty twist in verses seven and eight, because they, they stop simply throwing discouraging words out. It then actually becomes violent. And so in verses seven and eight, we see Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashad all ganging together and planning to uh, oppose Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem violently. They decided they would come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. It had gone from simply being discouraging words to active opposition. 
And we see how that then discourages the people of Jerusalem. So we see it most of all in verse 10. You see it in different parts of this whole chapter, but particularly verse 10. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. See, when you start to face discouragement, it saps your energy, doesn't it? And I'm always amazed that people who are able to, to build incredible things, do incredible projects, how they, they see it through to the end with a sense of energy and vigor. And as we look at Southport, and as we look at our church, we, we need to realize that it's going to take a lot of time and energy and effort to, to do that kind of rebuilding and reshaping and providing a future that is sustainable and a future in which people can flourish and thrive. It takes energy. And when your energy levels drop because you face discouragement, you start to lose confidence in what you're doing. And so we see here in the verse 10, they start to look around and they don't see that they've already built half of the wall. All they see is the rubble around them. They see the mess. And that's, that just sums up so many people, isn't it? You know, they, they look at what they've achieved, but don't actually really see it. You know, these people have already rebuilt half the wall, but their eyes are on the mess. And then they end up saying that we cannot rebuild the wall. They lose their vision. See, opposition and discouragement always leads to a lack of vision, a loss of vision. And I want to just encourage us today to think about what would it take to completely rebuild and reshape church so it's thriving and flourishing in every way? What would it take to rebuild Southport? It will take all sorts of things. It will take ideas and energy, but it will also face opposition and discouragement. Whatever you are trying to do, if you're doing it for the Lord, you will always face opposition and discouragement because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. And I've seen so many Christians give up on something that the Lord has called them to do because it became hard or difficult and they became discouraged. A friend of mine, he, he had this real passion for people who were really struggling and broken and he would give this time and energy into their lives. And he was doing an incredible job. And then one day, one of those people who was helping turned on him verbally and just walked away from him, shunned him. That one little bit of discouragement was enough for him to simply walk away from a ministry that God has called him to do. We cannot allow opposition and discouragement from distracting us from the call of God on our lives to be salt and light in this town. We cannot allow that. And so what does Nehemiah do? Well, first of all, he does this, he prays. And you see prayer all the way through this passage. And you know, we've been saying time and time again, haven't we? We need to pray, 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 and pray again. And Nehemiah prays. And uh, I just want to draw you to actually how he prays in one of the, the verses. Uh, we see it in verses four and five, because he prays 
uh, in some ways what some people think a terrible prayer. He says, hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn the insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. We could look at that and see how Nehemiah is effectively calling down curses upon Sambalus and Tobiah and think that's a terrible thing. But what is he actually doing here? See, one of the things that we can all do when we face opposition is retaliate. We want to throw back words at those who are calling us down, who are obstructing us in some way. Nehemiah doesn't retaliate. He takes it to the Lord and he, he kind of vents his anger and his frustration to the Lord. We know our God is a forgiving God. I'm pretty sure Nehemiah knew that as well. But what he does is he vents to the Lord. And you can do that with God. You know, when you face opposition, when you face difficulty, and you've got all that kind of anger and frustration bubbling up, you can turn it to God and say, Lord, why? And we see the Psalms time and time again, the psalmist doing the same thing. He kind of vents all that frustration. He speaks it out to God rather than to those who are doing the opposition. And that's one of the things that we can do in prayer. And when we face opposition, we should always take it to the Lord first. We should seek his wisdom. We should pray for ways forward and we should vent all our emotion. But then what we see is Nehemiah remembering, or at least encouraging the people of Jerusalem to remember. Verse 14, says, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Remember who you're serving. Remember how big he is. Remember how awesome he is. Look at your enemies and see them in relation to God, and you'll realize that they offer no opposition when compared to what God can do. Remember the Lord. And as we start to work towards the future, as we face discouragement, as we face even opposition, we need to remember who we are serving. We are serving a living God for whom nothing is impossible. And finally, they persevered. They just kept going. They did certain things to make sure that they were safe. And we will pick up on that in our new midweek video that you can get on our YouTube channel, which is called Deeper, which will be looking at this passage in a slightly deeper way. But verse 6 says, So we rebuilt the wall till it reached half its height. They kept building. Nehemiah stood in the midst of them. He looked at the opposition. He looked at his people and he just said, Give me another brick. Let's keep going. Too often Christians stop just at that point when they could actually achieve success. We need to keep going. We need to look at what we need to do in our church and what we need to do in our town. Realise it's a long journey. It's a long journey that will take huge amounts of effort, a lot of vision, a lot of time 
and we need to press into it and keep persevering. Because when God calls us to do something, there's no opt-out. You are called to do it. And we are called to be salt and light in this town and to keep being salt and light and to never give up on that, to not retreat back into our, our church building and simply do our own thing. We are called to make a difference in this town and we need to persevere with it. And so Nehemiah and the people face both opposition and discouragement and carry on. We are called to make a difference and we need to pray in that and we need to remember who God is and we will need to persevere even when things get tough. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the example of Nehemiah. I want to thank you, Lord, that he was such an incredible man of vision who called people together to serve you and to serve Jerusalem. Lord, help us to have that same resolve that he did, to keep going even in the face of opposition, even when his people were discouraged. Lord, help us to be like him and to keep going. So Lord, I pray that you'd bless us now, that you'd place in our hearts that sense of calling. Lead us, Lord, into the things that you want us to do so that we may serve you, that we may serve each other and that we may serve this town in your name. Amen.